Well, good morning, everyone. Okay, we'll try again. Good morning, everybody. That's better. Uh, just a couple quick announcements for you. First one is, if you are visiting with us, number one, thank you very much. We are uh, glad you are with us. Um, if you would like to, we would love to connect up with you. In your bulletin, there's a little QR code, which you can scan with your phone. Uh, it'll just ask for a little bit of information, and we can connect up with you later in the week. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Um, for those, uh, for all of us, the first community dinner since the pandemic began is going to be this coming Wednesday evening. Uh, let's see, our time is going, not going to be on my sheet. So, what time are we starting, anybody? Anybody? 5.30, there we go. You can tell how prepared I am. 5.30, this coming Wednesday night, community dinner. It is an opportunity for us as the church to reach out to the community. So we encourage you guys to be there to help form relationships with the folks in our community and get a good meal as well. So, uh, third announcement, there is a family movie night uh, a week from today, the 26th. It begins at 5 p.m. at the church. Uh, there will be refreshments served. And the movie is called Family Camp. Not sure if you've seen it yet or not, but it's uh, just kind of an enjoyable movie. We encourage you to be there if you are able to. Last announcement. Uh, today we want this to be about you. There is a little gold basket on the big table over here. For those of you who uh, are our regular members, our family members here, uh, that is for you for offering. You're welcome to drop that by. But again, today is about you guys. We want to encourage you to be here to worship and enjoy your time with everyone. So let's go to prayer. Father in heaven, we are grateful to be here this morning. We thank you for such a gorgeous morning. Uh, how beautiful that you have, uh, beautiful the day you have given to us. Lord, we even thank you for the rain from last night. That was wonderful. We need it. Lord, for our time this morning, we pray that you are going to give us the opportunity, the, the, the heart, the desire, the drive to stand here and worship you with everything that we are for all that we are. Uh, Lord, help us to dedicate this morning to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand if you're able. Oh. 
Father in heaven, we do want to uh, thank and praise you for who you are. Father, we thank and praise you that you are exalted, that you are high above each and every one of us, and even creation itself. This vast entire universe is bigger than you are. Excuse me, is smaller than you are. You are so much bigger, Lord. Father, we do uh, thank you and praise you. We worship you for that, that you literally hold the in the palm of your hand the universe. And we are grateful that you are in charge. You really do reign. So, Father, we do pray for ourselves. As we sit here today, we ask that you are going to be moving and changing our hearts. Uh, Lord, that is uh, your job as the Holy Spirit to be moving us to those next steps that you need us to take. Father, it's our job to be here to listen carefully, to allow our hearts to be open to you. So, Father, we pray that even at this moment, we are going to be open our hearts, opening our hearts opening our lives to allow you to move and to work inside of us. Father, we do pray for um, just things that are going on in our lives. Uh, Lord, you know what's taking place. Whether we or people we love are in need of healing or in need of financial aid or in need of just encouragement, Lord. They are sad, they are depressed, they are facing life that is just so difficult for them. Father, we pray that you are going to be encouraging those folks as well. Father, again, during this time, we ask that you are going to be moving. Uh, we ask that you are going to be taking the words that Pastor Trevor has prepared and using them to shift and to move us to be uh, people that you uh, ask us to be. Father, we do thank you that Christ has died on the cross for our sins, and that is what allows us uh, entrance into heaven. So, Lord, we pray that as we uh, uh, take this time that we are going to see and hear the gospel, and that gospel is going to change us again, Lord. We ask all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. There we go. Is that better? Hey, good morning, everyone. It is great to have you worshiping with us. Thank you so much for coming out on this gorgeous September morning. was a little concerned last night, but just said a prayer and said, God, you're going to do what you're going to do. And uh, I find it pretty interesting that the rain stopped, and just a few minutes before the service started, the sun is shining. So we pray that as you're out here, you're able to enjoy God's creation. Um, as well as just a time of fellowship and encouragement to one another. Before I move forward with the message today, we have an exciting time in the happenings of our church family. If you look in your bulletin, we're receiving a couple of individuals into membership. So in a moment, I'm going to call them forward. But also as I call them forward, if there are any deacons or elders, as well as Pastor Keith, if you guys would come forward too. We're going to go through sort of a member installation, and then we're going to extend the right hand of fellowship to them. Um, and then we're going to pray for them as well. So that being said, if the Erlmeyer family is here, you guys can come forward. The Owens family, as well as the Wicks family, you guys are welcome to come forward as well. Uh, we're excited to have you. These guys have been coming to church for a while and they've made the decision that they would like to become members of our congregation. It's an exciting time for us, just recognizing that God is bringing them forward and that they're wanting to be part of our body. So. Feel free to come forward. I hope you guys have prepared your essays. We're going to ask you guys uh, to repeat 1 Corinthians to us in Greek backwards. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to just ask a couple of questions to you. Again, elders and deacons, if you are in the service, if you guys would come forward. Pastor Keith, come on forward. This is an exciting time for the life of Faith Bible Church, and today these individuals are being received into the community of faith of Faith Bible Church. As part of the whole church of Jesus Christ, we offer them a rich heritage of the Christian faith, as well as our fellowship within the church. 
As you are received into Faith Bible Church, we intend to be a true family of faith to you. We commit ourselves to be a loving fellowship, to be a means of grace and hope in your life, and we offer opportunities of worship and study and service. One of the happiest times in our life of the church is when new people choose to become members, and we welcome all of you with joy. I'm just going to ask a couple of questions to you, and you can respond with yes, or we do, or I will. Do you believe that Jesus is God's Son, and do you receive and trust Him as your Savior and Lord? Will you turn away from all sin and you will endeavor by God's grace to live according to the example and teaching of Jesus? Will you be loyal to the church, upholding it by your prayers and your presence, your substance and your service? With that, congregation, it is also an understanding that this is a reciprocal relationship. These individuals have made their intention to become part of our family of faith. But members of the congregation, we ask you, will you encourage them in their walk with Jesus? We also stand beside them as they learn and grow in their faith. We also love and encourage them in times of difficulty and challenge. You may respond with, yes, we do, or we will. Oh God, we are thankful for the commitment made by these individuals. And may they experience your forgiveness, your acceptance, and your peace. Lord, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit upon them to guide and empower them. Enable them to walk in the newness of life, using gifts and praise to you and in service to others. We pray these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people say, Amen. With that, we are very excited to invite and to invest in the Erlmeyer family, the Wicks family, and the Owens family as we extend the right hand of fellowship to them. You can congratulate them with clapping or afterwards you can come to them and give them a big hug or whatever it is that you want to do. But with that, we welcome them into our family of faith. Congratulations to everybody, and it's an exciting time in our life and fellowship here at Faith Bible Church. Welcome. see me? I think what I might do is I might just come. Is that a little better? Does that work? Now you can't see me? No, you need me up on the, you need me up on the, okay, I'll go back up. That's, that's no problem. I can go right back up here. Does that work? That added six inches really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know if that's for you or for me, to be honest with you. It kind of helps me too. Well, good morning once again, everybody. We're excited to have you worshiping with us. And this morning, I'm going to be speaking to something 
that in sort of the, the two words that we're going to talk about seem very contrary to one another. And that is hope as a result of our suffering. And one of the questions that I want to ask all of you is simply this. As you review your life, as you go back over the happenings in who you are and what God has maybe done or not done in your life, how many of you have been going through and life is as good as it can be, you're doing the best that you can, you're trying to honor God or trying to honor individuals, and out of the middle of nowhere, life hits you like a ton of bricks, and the next thing you know, you're into something that you haven't planned for, you don't deserve, you don't want, and you want to get rid of. Does that ever happen to any of you? Sometimes we might think, what in the world is going on and why is God doing this? Or better yet, we might begin to say, you know, because this is happening, how could there be a God? And to be honest with you, those are good questions. Oftentimes in people's lives, when something happens that they haven't planned for, that they don't necessarily deserve, that they don't necessarily want, Oftentimes, people begin to say, well, why must we suffer? Why must there be suffering in the world? And what is its plan or its purpose? And better yet, what I want to throw out to you this morning is, okay, so there is suffering. But with suffering, how in the world could there be hope? And this morning, what I'd like to do is I'm going to just throw this out to you. We're going to take a look at a passage in the book of Romans. We're going to look at five verses we're going to see how suffering is a fundamental piece of bringing about hope in our lives. And my prayer is, is that after we look at these words, we see how suffering can often bring about a deeper joy, a deeper blessing, a deeper hope in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that from that, hope arises out of the suffering that we might be enduring. The question that we're asking is simply this. How can there be hope when there is so much suffering? I don't think that we need to take too much time by going to our news and looking around the world and seeing just how much suffering there is today. To be honest with you, when we look at the news or we read the newspaper and we see the happenings on a global level, and then we see what's going on just within our country and then within our state and then even locally, we begin to wonder what in the world is going on and why do things seem to be so out of control? And why are so many people suffering? Or better yet, the old adage, why do bad things happen to good people? And this morning, what I want to show you is this, that a long time ago, a very bad thing happened to a very good person. And yet in that person's suffering, a very good thing came about of which is why we are all here today. And that is what brings us hope. And that individual was Jesus Christ. We're speaking this morning about a fundamental piece that is necessary in the process of growing us in our faith. But we're also speaking about a fundamental piece that draws us to a deeper need of God. One of the things that I will encourage you all in is for those of us that know Christ, Suffering is a fundamental piece of our sanctification, which is essentially setting us apart for God. But also, I will encourage all of you to say that if you don't know Christ and you're suffering and wondering if there is a God, 
perhaps that suffering is God drawing you to Him to bring about a deeper sense of joy and hope in your life. The other thing too is, is God can identify with you in your suffering because Christ our Savior was the one who suffered on the cross so that we might have eternal life. Let's take a moment and I just want to read the words written by Paul talking about peace and joy but also we're going to see that within this sort of the fundamental aspect where this culminates from is suffering. Paul writes essentially this, therefore since we have been justified through faith we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. As we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. How can that be? I'm going to just take a minute. And how can that be? How can someone rejoice in their suffering? Paul's words continue on and he demonstrates how through suffering it begins to build character and begins to draw us closer to Jesus. He says, after rejoicing in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. And so this morning we look and we wonder, how in the world can there be a God when there is suffering? Is God there when we are suffering? And does God care? And what's the purpose of suffering in our life? And if there was a God, wouldn't he remove the suffering that I'm enduring? Those are great questions that we always ask and we always wonder about. But what I want to show you this morning, particularly in the first two verses, is that in order to move into a greater hope in which we suffer, the fundamental aspect is faith. Faith is the foundation to peace, hope, and love that is experienced through Christ. We believe by faith in our Lord and Savior. That aspect is something that fundamentally we have to enter into before we can even begin a relationship with Jesus. Paul starts off and he says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, faith is the conduit of which we then enter into a relationship of being justified by God. And it's interesting to hear this because we say, well, wait a minute. Why must we be justified by God? Well, first and foremost, I want to encourage you and say that just to be justified means to be declared innocent. Innocent of what? What are we guilty of? What do we need to be saved or justified from? The next thing that I want to tell you is this. Notice that it is faith from which we are justified. So the next thing that I want to show you is, is that we are justified by faith, not by our works or our deeds. And brothers and sisters and friends that are out there, this is so important to see because so often in our lives, we create a concept of a God in which in order to be accepted or pleasing to him, her, or it, or them, that we feel as if we must do things or not do things or do aspects to gain their affection. And when we are not, or when we are not at our best, that those God or gods or whatever they are that we are looking toward 
are displeased with us. And so we enter into this relationship of hoping to do enough, hoping to get to heaven or Mecca or karma or a greater world or to a deeper sense of peace, never knowing if we fully have arrived. And friends, the joy that we see in the message of the gospel is this, that it is through faith that we fully arrive at being justified. We just need to believe, and that is it. When we believe, God loves us. When we believe, God justifies us. And we work, not because we're asking for the acceptance of God, but because we have been fully accepted by Him through our faith and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The other thing, too, is notice that Paul says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Interestingly enough, notice that. It's not the peace of God, it is peace with God. Why must we need peace with God? Well, friends, what I want to tell you is this. The bad news is that apart from Christ, apart from a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are enemies of God. We are not justified. We are at bay with the Creator of the universe. We see this and understand this in the Holy Scriptures, recognizing that all of us, myself included, apart from Jesus Christ, are in need of a Savior. We are enemies of God. We do not love God. But what we know in Scripture is it also says that while we did not love God, God first loved us by sending His Son so that we might have eternal life. And friends, notice this. How God sent His Son was to suffer on a cross so that through His suffering we could have our sins forgiven and receive eternal life. Therein lies the fundamental concept of suffering as a necessity to bringing about joy and hope and prosperity through Jesus in our lives. We continue and we see this. Not only do we realize that to be justified means to be declared innocent, and that we are justified by faith, not works or deeds. That when we are justified, we are now at peace with God. There is no war raging between the two of us. The conduit that brings about that peace is our faith in Jesus Christ. And what Christ has done on the cross so that we might have eternal life. But more important, friends, is sin is what stands between God and us. And I can't say this more clearly. God does not exist and Jesus did not die on a cross to make a good person better. God exists and Jesus died on a cross to make dead men and women come alive through Jesus Christ. And the manner of how we come alive is by placing our faith or trust in Jesus. And when we do, we are now justified or declared innocent. And that is the gift of grace and mercy and love that Christ has given to all of us. And in that, we rejoice. We see, essentially, in this first couple of verses, that the final aspect that that Paul is saying is that this peace with God comes 
through Jesus. Friends, you cannot, nor will you ever have peace with God apart from Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. And so lovingly, yet humbly, I tell you, if you want hope, if you want peace, if you want joy, if you want to experience the unconditional love of our Lord and Savior, then it must come through your faith in Jesus Christ because He is the manner from which we are justified before God. Friends, justification is God's act of removing the guilt and the penalty of sin while at the same time making the sinner righteous through Christ's atoning sacrifice. It means to declare innocent or guiltless, to absolve or to acquit. Jesus dies to acquit us, absolve us, declare us innocent of our sins. And friends, the joy that we see and what brings hope is that when we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we are no longer guilty, but we are justified. Not only are we justified, but we are declared righteous. Not only are we righteous, but we are sons and daughters of the living King, adopted into God's family, and we receive an internal inheritance that cannot be taken away. So Paul continues on, and in the latter part of the second verse, he says these words. He says, through whom we have gained access, being Jesus, by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Friends, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we move from a position of guilt to a position of justification through faith and grace, and we stand there knowing that we are fully justified and our sins have been forgiven. Because of that, that is why we can rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Friends, until we understand our sin and our desperation before God and our need for a Savior and the recognition that Christ is the only one who can save by placing our faith and trust in Him, we will never fully be able to rejoice in our salvation before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we think we have something to do with it, if we think we've earned it, if we think we can buy it, if we think we can be good enough to get it, if we think we can come to church enough to deserve it, we will be constantly looking at a God without rejoicing, without hope, and without glory. But when we realize that there is nothing that we can do, yet Christ has done it all through the cross, and when we place our faith and trust in Him, we can rejoice in the hope and the glory of God that our lives are full and our lives are rich and our lives are centered upon Christ who is our Savior. Friends, when we worship Jesus and we say Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we must recognize that Savior is entirely Him, not ourselves, not our own abilities, not our own actions. And so Paul continues on, and interestingly enough, after this, in the third verse, he says, not only so, 
So not only have we been justified by faith in Jesus and been declared righteous and given access by grace to stand before God as someone who is declared righteous, we rejoice in that fact. But not only this, having been brought to Christ, he says we rejoice in our sufferings. And I want to take a moment and I want you to think about your life. And I want you to ask a very simple question. And that is this. God, in my sufferings, in the times where I am going or have gone through difficulty, am I rejoicing? Or am I complaining? Am I wondering where you are? Or am I denying who you are? Because the suffering is not something that I want. And then I want to ask another question. How can the writer Paul say the words that we rejoice in our suffering? It's because Paul recognizes that in suffering brings about a greater relationship with the God whom, of whom he worships. A deeper relationship with the one of whom he cherishes. And he also recognizes that suffering is the manner from which he grows closer to God closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He continues on and he says essentially this, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And so what I want to show you particularly in verse 3 is this, that God brings about rejoicing and hope through a process of suffering. Friends, one of the things that I want to encourage you in is I see individuals in their walk with Jesus that have this blessed hope among them. They have light and life in their eyes. They have joy in their spirit. And I can tell you this, that that joy in their spirit, the light and life in their eyes, is because they have endured or are enduring great suffering, and yet their hope is in God, who brings about glory and peace and rest and comfort in their lives. The other thing that I want to show you too is friends, the hope, the glory, and the joy that we celebrate came through suffering. The fundamental aspect of our faith is Jesus Christ. And Christ went to the cross and suffered even though he didn't deserve it. Even though he didn't do anything wrong. Even though he was sinless. He went to the cross on our behalf and suffered so that you and I could no longer be caught in our sin and separated from God, but to have a full relationship with him, to be declared righteous, to be justified before God. We celebrate this and know that Christ went to the cross, but we also rejoice in the fact that three days later, Christ rose from the grave, triumphing over sin and death, helping us to know that in so doing, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we are no longer guilty of the penalty of our sins, which separate us from God. Hence, we are justified. And so suffering Suffering is a fundamental piece of bringing about joy and hope 
and blessing in our lives when we walk so closely with God. Brothers and sisters and friends, out of the experience of suffering comes proven character. And this proven character moves towards hope. And as more trials come, our faith grows stronger. And as our faith grows stronger, so does our hope. And this is anchored all in the promises of God. The more that we walk with Jesus, the more difficulties in our lives, the more suffering that is there, the more we turn to Him and the more we see how He is always at our side. Oftentimes, friends, Christ doesn't take us out of our suffering, but He sees us through it. And as He sees us through it, our hope, our character, our perseverance is what grows us in our faith and makes us stronger in our walk with Jesus. Paul continues, and he essentially says these very words. The next aspect that I want to show you in verse 4 is that suffering will lead to perseverance, which will lead to character, and which will lead to hope. And so let me show this to you. Friends, as you look around this morning and you see someone with a great sense of hope in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, go backwards. And I will tell you that that hope has come from a deep character which was established and has been or being established by perseverance. And in perseverance, what they are persevering in is suffering. And friends, what I want to do this morning, and I don't want to point anyone out per se, but I will tell you, we have a great example of that sitting before us this morning. Someone who is suffering greatly and yet exudes the hope of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is what Paul is speaking about today. And that is why sometimes suffering is a good thing in drawing us to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Now, why? Why would we do this? Why is this necessary? Well, we'll see that Paul says it brings about hope. But what hope? What is the manner of hope? And Paul continues on and he says, and this hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. And so the next thing that I want to show you is, is that as we suffer, it leads to hope. But also, friends, I want to tell you that when we are in Christ, and Christ is ours, and we have a relationship with Him, that hope will not disappoint. Because God has poured out His love for us. How has God, loved, uh, God poured out His love for us? Through the cross, through Jesus Christ, through His suffering on the cross so that we might have eternal life. Our Heavenly Father has gone to His Son and said, go and die so that others might have life through your sacrifice. And that is a great love. 
It is an unconditional love to all who will come to its offering. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have done or not done. It doesn't matter if you come forward and say, you don't know my life. I've done too much wrong. I am beyond forgiveness. The joy of the gospel is simply this, that no one is beyond forgiveness. And yet, while we are sinners in need of a Savior, Christ has died so that we might have eternal life. And when we place our faith and trust in Him, we are justified. That's the joy that we celebrate, knowing that in that, we will suffer. But yet in suffering, we persevere, and it builds our character, and that brings about a blessed hope in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And friends, that hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love for us. How has he poured out his love? What has he done? He has done it through Jesus Christ. But also we see that he has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And in that, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have a hope but we are given love through Jesus as well as the Holy Spirit who enters into us and dwells within us. And why is that important? Because the Holy Spirit is a deposit or a promise given to us that we are God's. Friends, what I want to tell you is simply this. The hope that we have is brought about by the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit within us, it secures our salvation. It helps us to know that we indeed are a believer in Jesus Christ. And that while this world may go forward and backward, there might be twists and turns and ebbs and flows. The hope that we have is His kingdom. Our internal inheritance where there's no more hurt, no more sin, no more pain, no more fear, no more loss, and friends, no more suffering. Our salvation is secure because God loves us and proves it to us by giving us the Holy Spirit as a deposit who takes up residence in our hearts. And this is solidified by the words of Paul in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Paul writes this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. Friends, this morning I'm asking and I'm praying that you have heard the word of truth, the gospel for your salvation, knowing that all of us apart from God are sinners in need of a Savior, that we cannot get to God on our own by our works or our deeds or by our good things, or by coming to church. But we come to God by faith in Jesus and what He has done on the cross to give us eternal life. And when we trust in Jesus, we then are justified or declared innocent of the sins of which we are guilty. He continues on, And he says, having heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. 
and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, I just ask simply this. Do you believe? Do you have faith that Jesus is the one who can bring about a joyous life of hope by allowing you to become justified or declared righteous before God so that you might have a joy in who he is? Knowing that when you do, that God gives us the joy of the Holy Spirit within. And he says this in a continuation of Ephesians. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit. And don't miss these words. Guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Friends, when we believe, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are declared righteous, we are justified, we are no longer guilty of our sins, we have eternal life and we can rejoice because the past is no longer over us. We do so by faith, but in moving in faith, we are given the Holy Spirit and friends, when you have the Holy Spirit within you, that is God's deposit in you. That is God depositing himself in you as a guarantee that your inheritance to his kingdom is secure. And in that, with that security, with that hope, that brings about a deep joy and blessing. And what we've seen is the manner and the conduit of how this comes about is through suffering. And so lovingly, what I want to tell you is this. Friends, when we look and we wonder why there is suffering, and yet when someone is suffering, they can rejoice with the greatness in who God is, we can look back to these words, and we can summarize it simply by this, that we can rejoice. We can rejoice because through a process of suffering, not only through Christ, but through our suffering as well, our faith in Christ leads us to peace with God. We are no longer his enemies, but we are at peace with him, which then leads us to hope in God, to hope in who he is and what he promises and what we will receive when we depart from this world into his kingdom. And that leads us to experiencing God's great love to us. God's great love to all of us is the giving of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so that we might have eternal life through him. There is no greater expression of love because that is freely given to all whom will believe. So friends, in faith, my question is simply this. Do you believe? And in your belief, have you experienced the deposit of the Holy Spirit bringing about a greater hope and joy amidst times of suffering. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for you. We thank you for these words and we thank you for all who have come. Father, we thank you for the good news of the gospel, recognizing that in order to be good news, there has to be bad news. And realizing that the bad news is this, that apart from Christ, apart from our faith in God, we are sinners in need of a savior. And Lord, that there's no way that we can get to you on our own fruition, on our own doing, on our own works or deeds. That's the bad news. But Lord, the good news is this, 
that through suffering you sent your son to die on a cross. And that by dying on a cross, he atoned or paid for our sins fully, holy. And that when we place our faith and trust in him, we are justified, declared innocent, no longer guilty before God, and now are at peace with you. And Father, when we do, not only does that happen, but you bring about greater hope and joy by giving us the Holy Spirit as a deposit which guarantees our inheritance with you. Father, may that bring about a great joy and a great hope in our lives as we continue to walk with you during our time here. But Lord, also help our eyes to point forward, realizing that ultimately this isn't our home. Our true home is with you in your kingdom. And Lord, we look forward to that day when you will choose to take us to be with you. But until that time, may we continue to demonstrate hope and joy even amidst times of suffering. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things in your name, dear Jesus. We ask it all by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen.